0: Welcome into episode number 10 of the Creative Percussion Podcast. My name is Justin Mason and my guest today is Andrew Warren. How are you doing, man? I'm good, Justin. Thanks so much for having me on. Absolutely. Thanks for being on. So I know you've listened to the Creative Percussion Podcast and all of that. So my first question, of course, is what is something for you that Creative Percussion
1: makes that never leaves your drum set? Hmm. There's a lot of, there's a lot of things. I mean, I can go on and on, but, uh, I mean, one of them I would say is the drum taco. I mean, that's a pretty, uh, you know, pretty standard, um, uh, you know, creative percussion thing that that's always on my snare. I even use it like on Tom's, you know, mm-hmm. sometime floor Tom's things like that. Um, Hex stack is another one that Kevin makes that I think is, is a pretty unique product I haven't found really with any other, uh, company, I haven't found something, something that kind of creates that, that sound. So those are two of the more standard ones. Um, I would have to say, you know, his newer, some of his newer things like the, uh, you know, the steel symbols, I don't know if you've you've checked those out at all. Uh, Mm -hmm. I have a 24 inch extra thin hammered ride. That's like, a you know, a beast of a symbol. Um, that's pretty, that's super cool. I, I use that a lot. Um, and the popcorn snares, you know, I mean, you said one thing I'm saying four, but, um, you know, the, the, those four things are really some things that I try to incorporate in really any setup that I'm, uh, you know, playing with. He, uh, Kevin is just ideas on ideas. Every, it seems right. like every, every single day he's texting me, you know, saying, oh, here, check this idea out. And, and just when you thought he couldn't come up with anything else, he, he, you know, he does it again. So why well, the more, the merrier. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, I speaking of texting
0: with Kevin, I was texting with him the other day, and I said, "You know," and he I don't he may not want me to give this away, but um, I was like, "I want a snare made out of the steel that you use for your hex stacks and stuff like that." So, I'm, I'm not going to reveal what he said, but yeah. I'm excited for that possibility. Sure. So, yeah, just, I love, you can get a steel snare anywhere, right? but I love the discoloration of the steel that he uses and it's so thin. Yeah. You know, you don't find, you don't find shells made of that thin material. Right. So, yeah, I just, that, that was an idea. And I've, I've actually asked him about making a cowbell out of that steel too. Interesting. I don't know where he's at with that either, but. Right, right, right. yeah yeah just like you said kevin and i and i've said this on this podcast multiple times kevin has so many great ideas and we text back and forth a lot and i'm like i don't know how you don't run out of stuff to to think of to do because he's always coming up with something new so actually um i'm actually interested to get some of the little bronze symbol toppers that he just released
1: too yep so yeah yeah he uh one thing one thing that he has kind of had in the works for a while is uh is the making like the popcorn drums as like Mm -hmm. a drum set you know you've seen him use those on his kit now he's doing all the stuff with the roto toms which is super cool but uh i he one of the things he was working on was the kick for that popcorn Mm -hmm. kit he was trying to figure that out and that's one thing i've texted him a couple times like you know let me know when when you when you get that figured out because i'm all over that but yeah that would be awesome yeah yeah,
0: my my thing is the the beehive beater.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And one thing that I love about Kevin is he listens to this podcast because mm-hmm. this podcast represents creative percussion. Sure. And so we were talking back and forth about the podcast one day, I think it was back in November or so. And he said, Oh, by the way, you've got a package coming. I was like, oh, Okay. I hadn't ordered anything. Right. And he had heard me rave about the beehive beater, which is a discontinued beater. It's been discontinued for like a year or so. Right. So that package was a new beehive beater. So he went out of his way to make a discontinued beater for me. And that's just, that's just what Kevin does. You know, he does, he, he takes care of his artists. He takes care of his customers, you know, all of that. And that's just the type of guy that, that kevin is i know you know that but yeah it's just something i wanted to share for the audience too sure so when you started playing drums who got you into it and who was your biggest influence on the drums
1: yeah great question so um yeah so i come from a very musical family my uh you know my parents are music teachers uh my sister is a classically trained opera singer um my younger sister you know we plays the tuba like we've all been around music so at a young age you know i was always going to concerts i was going to you know whatever it was i played in the pit in the musical at the the middle school in fifth grade you know i I, my dad was like hey want to get a drum set and i was i mean i was terrible you know but he was (laughs) like we're let's just you know try to throw down a beat whatever and so i mean they showed me music at a young age they pushed for you know, lessons and, and they, they said, you know, you, you should check this out. And I, you know, I got into it as like everybody else does in fourth grade, I joined and I, Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, so they, they really like, they're my biggest supporters. Like probably a lot of people have their biggest supporter. I mean, they, they really were the ones that I credit with the, the music influence Mm -hmm. and, you know, with that too, they had you know, numerous resources at home for me to, to kind of check out. And uh, one of them was the 1981 Escape Tour DVD that Journey made. Wow. And you've probably seen, maybe just without knowing that's what it was, but mm-hmm. we had that DVD and I would always watch it. And at the time, I didn't know, all I knew that it was Journey. I didn't, you know, I didn't know who Steve Smith was. I didn't know anything about, Um. You know, really the the actual um, physicalities of the band, but uh, I remember seeing the video of Stone in Love, one of their one of their tunes, and yeah. you know seeing that guitar start and he was doing that rhythm, and I watched that video. It felt it must have been years. I just watched it over and over again. Um, so that was like a really kind of vivid memory that I that I remember as a young kid. Um, kind of getting me into drums. And then another one was uh was Tommy Igo. You know, he's a big uh influence of mine. I don't know, mm-hmm. you know, if you've heard of him. Yeah. Um he, you know, those posters that he does like with the rudiments and stuff with Vic Firth and all that. You know, mm-hmm. I had one of those it came in some book that I got when I was in elementary school. And um it you know it was on my wall it was like probably a lot of kids had that poster you know yeah. they got for free or something in school Right. and uh i would always look at it and i would try to learn rudiments and it was in uh, the drum studio where i took lessons and um and then i actually got a chance he came to my uh university where i went to school in 2017 and he mm-hmm. played so i got to to meet him and you know i said to him like you're one of the reasons i started playing drums and and i took he took a picture with me and he signed uh I bought his sticks for the tour that he was doing They're actually on the yeah. wall behind me there and, uh, he signed them and he signed his, um, book, I don't remember the name, uh, Lifetime of Drums or, or whatever the name was, but I have his picture up on the wall here next to me. So I always kind of, you know, kind of look at it like when I'm editing or when I'm booking gigs or, cause you know, one of those people, but those were like the three sort of big things that, you know, that influenced me going into drums
0: that's awesome yeah so i mean you talked about the resource you know the journey dvd what are some other resources that have helped you kind of along the way because i know we have so many you have dromeo now which when i started playing drums we didn't have Drumio, we didn't have right stuff like that but sure. there are so many now that what are some that really helped you
1: yeah um So, I mean, just generally, obviously a support system helps everybody, you know, whoever it is, um, uh, you know, social media is, is a big, I mean, I'm a, you know, I mean, we're both younger guys, but you know, that social media obviously is becoming more and more prevalent in in today's, um, age. And so when I really kind of started taking drum seriously for college and things, you know, Instagram was a thing, Facebook, like those were a thing. So I spent, um, you know, a lot of time on there kind of looking up, you know, if it was Tommy Igo that I liked, I would go to his page and I would watch his videos and, and, um, you know, kind of check out different drummers. I'm, I'm very big on, on, you know, I have a list of drummers that I like at the time, you know, that I'm really into and I watch, you know, everything they're doing. And if, you know, if Tommy Igo has a, a new, video out about a groove or something, you know, I'll, Mm -hmm. I'll watch that. Or if, if, uh, you know, Annika Nealis has, uh, you know, her stick came out. I bought her stick because I was like, I wonder what it feels like. You know, I'm, I'm very big into kind of, um, checking out what other people are doing and kind of seeing if I can take what they're doing and, and bring it to my style and and replicate it without totally copying it. Mm -hmm. Um, that makes sense you know yeah absolutely yeah so uh you mentioned
0: being young what and you may not have had one yet or you may have um what was your biggest failure as a drummer and what did you learn from that experience
1: yeah it's a tough question um you know, it's funny, like as a kid, I didn't, I don't remember a lot of the failures necessarily, because I think when we were kids, like every, every kid is learning. So there are failures everywhere. Right. Um, I don't remember a lot of specific failures necessarily. Um. You know, one that I actually learned when I was in college, I think was one of the biggest ones is that, and I probably like realized this as a kid too, um, but I didn't you know, put it together then was that, you know, one person's opinion of you or perception is not going to map out your entire career, you know, it'll, it it can weigh you down, it can make you feel like giving up, but there's always that light at the end of the tunnel, you know, and I, you know, I struggled with things in, in school. I mean, I went to a, um, a school that was really primarily jazz on, you know, on drum set, and I was not a jazz player so much. Um, and now the program has sort of blossomed into this, uh, you know, blues and rock and there's a Latin and there's, there's really like a lot going on there now. Um, but you know, coming in as a non jazz player, there was a lot of, uh, critiquing, you know, going on and, and right. sort of that, um, that sort of thing, you know, they, they're telling me that, well, that what you're doing is not good enough, you know, you have mm-hmm. to, and, um, you know, rejection was hard, but I think it made me into the the player I am today and the, that I'm trying to grow into, um, mm-hmm. you know, so that's kind of one, one big failure. And a, a simpler uh, fail maybe is uh, in terms of gear, uh, it was my first um, regional theater gig. So I do mostly theater things. That's sort of my big uh, with musicals and stuff. And it was my first gig right out of... Uh, college when I got back from my, my cruise ship gig that I did. And it was the bows of the show, Matilda. And all of a sudden I bought a new sonar snare, like right before the show, I was all excited. I'm going to get this nice snare. And the bottom, all of a sudden I'm hitting the snare and it starts sounding like a cardboard box. And I'm like, what, you know, what is going on? We're in the middle, I'm rocking out, whatever. I realized that the bottom head had split, oh, which wow. I'm like, I tell you, I don't I don't break heads. I don't break yeah. sticks because of the playing that I do. You know, some people like the genre and it, it split and I was s- s- young and, and freaked <laughs> out and I had no heads, no extra snare drum, no anything. So I um, turned it over or was it the top? It might've been the top head that broke, but I, like I flipped it to the other side and I think yeah. I was actually playing on the snare side. Not realizing that, oh, the snare side head is usually thinner than the top head. So then I broke that head and like literally the last like 12 measures, I was just playing on like a a terrible sounding head. And ever since then, now I have a full set of heads. I have an extra snare drum, like all this, you know, it's one of those things that everybody has that moment when they're first, you know, start even now. I mean, I have moments now where I forget, you know, a hi-hat clutch or or a stool or, you know. So things like that, uh, you know, I've learned a lot in a, in a short amount of time from things like that.
0: And this may tie into the next question and it may not. So what's one thing that you know now that you wish you had known when you first started playing?
1: Hmm. It's a tough question. Uh, these are all tough questions. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I have to say being versatile, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, there's probably You've had numerous people say that, but um, especially with theater stuff, I've I've learned that you know one show could be all Latin stuff, and then the next show could be you know Rock of Ages, and you're playing Journey, and you know um, so no matter what the genre is or what the what the gig is, I mean I feel like every gig calls for lots of styles, whether it's you know playing double bass blast beats. And then the next tune is, you know, playing a shuffle or, or whether it's, you know, playing single pedal versus double pedal, whatever it is, you know, having two up, two down. Um, I think being well-rounded, I didn't know that when I was a kid and I, I learned that, uh, late later on, you know, in my teenage years, um, when I was young, it was, it was all about, oh, let me just you know, play this Maroon 5 tune or, you know, so let me just jam along to that and not not think about, you know, jazz or or Latin or funk or, you know, whatever it is. So I think well-rounded is is something that I wish I learned sooner in life.
0: Yeah, and I agree with that because, like, I grew up, my uncle was big into rock, 70s, 80s rock. So I was listening to Meat Loaf, ACDC, stuff like that. And so that's what I focused on playing. And so when I, when I was a session drummer for a little while, somebody would come up and say, Hey, I need you to do this jazz thing. I don't know jazz. You know, I need you to do this. You know, I knew a little bit of country because country and rock are similar in ways. You know, you can, you can get away with doing the same beat for a country song as a rock song, but maybe do less fill wise in a sense sure but if you're doing blues or you know jazz or something like that it's completely different it's a completely different end of the spectrum so yeah I, i completely agree with you on that you know and that would be some advice that i would give and i do give students you know don't just focus on playing blink 182 songs you know i know travis barker is an amazing drummer and you know everybody aspires to be like him or you know whatever but you know be versatile so staying with going back in time if you could give yourself one word of advice when you first started drumming what would that be
1: um practice 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 I was uh you know, like a lot of kids, um, I did not practice a lot when I was, uh, you know, a younger drummer. And I remember I'd go to my lessons with my teacher and I had a, a great teacher. And, um, you know, I'd, I'd get in the car after the lesson and my parents would say, how'd the lesson go? You know, and I, and I, I was the wise kid. And I'd say, you know, my, my teacher, you know, she, she said that I actually did better, you know, and I didn't practice this week you know cuz it's like that luck of of the draw where you go into a lesson and you have a solo that you have to play and for some reason you can play it this week you know without practice and then the next week you know you don't know which hand is right and which hand is left you right. know and you're but um i mean consistent practice is huge i think you know i'd be 5 years further in my you know my playing if if maybe i got started with just you know just simple you know whether it's 10 minutes you know, 20 minutes. I mean, I have some students and, and, um, you know, I tell them, I said, you know, this work that I give you, you know, it shouldn't take you two hours, you know, it should be a a five minute thing or a 10 minute thing, you know, do it every day, mm-hmm. you know, for 10 minutes. Then they'll say to me, well, what if I just do it one day a week for 45 minutes? I say, well, <laughs> you know, you're seven or you're eight and you're, you know, your brain's not going to be able to handle that. So. Yeah. I really try to push that with, with anybody, whether it's a younger student, whether it's an older student, you know, or myself, you know, practicing now. And even now, I mean, you know, as adults, like we, life gets crazy and, and, you know, okay, I can practice 10 minutes today and then tomorrow I can practice an hour and then, Oh, this week I can't practice at all. You know? Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm still trying to figure out that consistent practice thing. Um, But that's, that's really the biggest piece of advice I can, I can say to anybody is to practice consistently, you know, when you can.
0: Yeah. My wife gets a little aggravated at me because I have sticks and practice pads everywhere. So (laughs) I'm always ready to, you know, sit down for five minutes and just, you know, bang out some rudiments or something. Sure. But that it, I mean, that goes back to that, you know, just be ready to, even if it's 10 minutes of pad work you know, at least it, it puts your mind in that state for 10 minutes, you know, and I can sit there and do single strokes or a pair of and not think about anything. Right. But I'm doing something. So going back to creative percussion, uh, what was the first thing that you got from creative percussion and what
1: was your interaction with Kevin like? Hmm. Got to think about that. It's just so funny. I mean, I've been a creative percussion artist like a little over a year now. Yeah. And I feel like I own, you know, everything, you know, it's one of are one of those companies that like, I just found myself, um, what was it? It was, so my first thing was a seven inch hex stack. That was my first thing I ordered. Um, and Joe Beninati, who's been on the, the podcast before, mm-hmm. he I met him during quarantine, you know, via Instagram and we we got to talking and and we're actually, you know, good buds now. And it's it's one of those things where we've never met in person, we've never even talked on the phone, but right. we've had like hour-long conversations about whatever it is. Yeah. Um so he introduced me to Kevin. You know, I met him, I commented on one of his videos. I, I think it was something with creative progression. I was like, what is that? you know, and he told me, and then he said, he messaged me and said, hey, would you like to meet, you know, Kevin? I can hook it, you know, set it up. I was like, why not? Yeah. Um, and so he, you know, hooked me up and I, and I spoke to Kevin a bunch and, and he gave me kind of, you know, this is what I think you should start with. This is what I think, you know, would be the good thing to try. So he, showed, he sent me a, a picture of a hex stack on his kit and the way it was lit, you know, with the lighting in his shop and stuff. I was like, that is the coolest freaking thing I've ever seen. Right. You know, I, I didn't even hear it. Like, I didn't even ask for a demo. Or I didn't even say, like, how much it costs whatever. I was like, I mean, like, take it. I, you know, I want it, whatever. Um, so I got, yeah, seven inch head stack was the first thing. Yeah. And it came uh, the day, actually, that I was playing uh, the block party. At my uh, you know we have like a block party every year and my family was performing because we all sing and then we play instruments and uh, it came that day and I remember during the block party I like ran to the mail truck and I was like you know you have a thing for me I was like a little kid and I, I threw it right on the kit and it was musical theater stuff so it probably didn't really fit what I was doing but right. I just found a way to add it you know I started throwing a like backbeats with the hex stack and he's yeah. like musical things. and my family's like what at that be like and i'm just back there like <laughs> you know smiling like like an idiot but um but kevin just like you said earlier he displays so much mutual respect and mm-hmm. he's so genuine for to, to musicians you know and drummer not only as artists but people that are not you know artists i mean I, i've told people about him and i've said you should message the account and his name's Kevin. He's super, you know, and yeah. they come back and say he's the, you know, he's like a big teddy bear. He's the nicest yeah. guy, you know, and he's trying to, to, you know, show people um, how much he loves what he's doing, you right. know, by, by creating these products and, and getting them out to to people all over the world. So that was just another thing that I, I hadn't dealt much with, with, you know, smaller companies. Mm-hmm. I was like all the you know, the big, the big brands that everybody knows. And, right and I, uh, you know, he was kind of one of the first ones that I, you know, checked out and, and I, I, it's been a great relationship, you know, and Mm -hmm. he's, he's hooked me up with numerous things that, you know, I'm looking for, or, or try this, you know, I needed mallets for theater stuff. And he was like, well, we're not really making them, but you know what, like I'll, I'll put together three sets and you can like beta test them and, and whatever. And, you know, and they were here in a couple days and it worked. Yep. It was great, you know? Um, so he just always, always gives me what I need. And that's all you can ask when you're, you know, a gigging musician.
0: Yeah. And i found that smaller companies are easier to work with anyway. I, um, I currently endorse Los Cabos drumsticks, but for about a year I endorsed Vader. Okay. And yes, having your name on one of the big threes, websites is awesome but that relationship is what matters in an endorsement sure because when i was with vader i felt like this teeny tiny fish in this ocean yeah and you know i would try to get a hold of my ar couldn't get a hold Mm -hmm. of him i would try to get a hold of his boss couldn't get a hold of them you know so It was just one of those things where, yes, being known as a Vader artist, you know, was a, was a big thing, but I would rather be with a smaller company and, and Los Cabos really isn't, you know, that much smaller now they're becoming more well-known, but, um, I, I would rather be with a company that values me as an artist, regardless of their stature in the drum community right and and that's what's good about being with creative percussion you know, creative percussion is a smaller like you said a smaller company but this artist roster is family yeah you know every artist that i've spoken to on the podcast it, we've hit it off instantly sure so and the same thing with kevin and i and even sherry and i the few conversations that sherry and i've had because she does all the social media and stuff like that. So to promote the podcast and all that, but yeah, everybody's just like family here. And that's what an endorsement, it shouldn't be about the discount that you get or the free gear that you get or any of that. It's, it's the relationship. And that's, that's what I love about creative percussion is it is a relationship. Yeah. Whether you're a artist or whether you're a customer. Sure. So and I think I might know the answer to this question just based on some of the other things that you said, but if someone came up to you on the street and said, you know, Hey, I like that stuff that you have from that company. What, what would be the first thing that you would tell them to get from creative percussion? If you were recommending something to them.
1: Hmm. I would probably say that the drum taco, just Mm -hmm. because I think, I think that is such a, uh, unique, um, you know, product that, that he makes. I mean, there are other dampening. I mean, I have a lot of different dampening, um, you know, things, but the, the thing with that, first of all, it looks cool. So, and you know, a lot I'm very like aesthetically driven, you know, all yep. of my Instagram pictures, I'm always trying to get the lighting and you know, mm-hmm. everybody is, but um, so it looks cool. So I would say that Two, I love food like anybody. Yep. So, Absolutely. you know, talking about tacos makes me, you know, <laughs> want to have some tacos, but um, I think it's just an easy thing that you can, you know, throw in your bag and you mm-hmm. can, you can put it on anything. I mean, you could, you could put it on, I've experimented with like taping it to a bass drum you know, and seeing what that does. I mean, you could do, you could put it on cymbals. I've I've tried that, you know, I mean, obviously it's made for the snare drum primarily, but, yeah. um, and I think the whole idea of the using the FX post with it and mm-hmm. being able to flip it on and off, I think is really cool because I have a lot of, a lot of times in theater where I need like a really open snare and then I need like a really, you know, tight hit. So I think, and I think it doesn't, it doesn't break the budget either, you know, cause right. everybody nowadays is w- with whatever, you know, everything's about money and finances, right. you know, in life. So, um, I think a lot, not only the drum taco, but all of Kevin's products are, are so well priced too. And they're, mm-hmm. they're, they're affordable, which I think is, is a great thing that helps draw people even more to, you know, try this, you know, and, and yeah. you get something like that and you're like, holy cow, like this, you know, this is changing my sound and it's only, you know, X number of dollars or or whatever, you know? Yeah. I had looked
0: into a snare weight because we have a couple on the house kit that I use at the church that I play at and they're, they work well, but they're expensive. Yeah. And so, you know, like you said, I, you have this drum taco that's, I don't even remember how much. I think it's like 999, 1999, somewhere yeah, in that 19, range. It's yeah. it's under $20. And it does the exact same thing as a snare weight, which is 40, 50, $60. Some of the brass ones are $160. Right. You know, so it it does the exact same thing and even better because like you said you can just flip it off of of the, of the snare, whatever drum you're using mm-hmm. it on and put it back on as needed. Yeah. So that's, that's just another thing for me with creative percussion is you don't, like you said, you don't break the bank. Right. And you still get, you still get the results that you're looking for. So one last question, um, is there a drumming myth that's very common that you would like to debunk? So
1: one, you know, I thought, I thought about that one, uh, myth or, or, you know, something with drumming is I get a lot of people saying, you know, or seeing a lot that drummers don't read music, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that, I mean, a lot of drummers, I know, I mean, I, I teach at a, um, you know, a like a music school and, mm-hmm. The idea behind it is, is, you know, they learn the songs, they learn like for the shows or whatever, and Mm -hmm. it, I really tried and they've come out with, with method books, you know, as of recent. And, and I like that because when I started there, there wasn't really a method book and I would, you know, print out excerpts or whatever, because, you know, the kids can learn the songs by ear, but I think like I said earlier, being versatile and being able to read music or being able to, you know, hear a song and learn it. I think that's yeah. um, super important. So I think, you know, I get people at, uh, I work at a school, you know, during the day as a, as a teacher aide. And, you know, I get people that are always asking me like, what, you know, what gig do you have now? What are you doing now? And, and um, you know, one of the, well, the women the other day was like, what are you reading what is the can you show me the music so i was gonna yeah i have to show her i haven't shown it yet but you know they're like you don't read music do you i said no i do you know i wanted to say i'll show them the video and i'm playing ten thousand notes and i say yeah. i would hope i'm reading music if not i'm <laughs> i'm a, a genius you know um but i think i think reading music you know we read music just like saxophone or trumpets yeah. or guitarists you know might be different and doesn't always call for music but I think, I think reading music as with drummers is something that I try to stress to people.
0: Absolutely. So um, we're coming to the end of this episode. So I want you to shout out your social media platforms and let everybody know uh, not only where they can find you, but anything upcoming that you have that, you know, they can buy tickets to come and see you or whatever the case may be.
1: Sure. So I'm on uh, basically every every social media. I have a, a YouTube channel, a Facebook page, uh, an Instagram. I even have a TikTok, mm-hmm. Um, and they're all, uh, at Andrew Warren drums. Right. It's in some sort of variation. Most of the time it's Andrew Warren underscore drums. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you search it on any of them, it'll probably come up and each one of them has a big, some big smile and picture of me at a drum set or something. So you, you know, you'll never forget the, the mug, but, uh, <laughs> um you know those are my socials and and like i said i do a lot of theater stuff so i uh i live in new york uh, on long island and about an hour from the city or so so i'm doing just a ton of of regional uh theater work right now i, I play at a theater uh, called gateway playhouse in bellport mm-hmm. that's kind of open um from like july to december they do like a summer stock thing and then in between um, You know, this month is like high school musical shows. So I'm just doing like show after show. So, you know, not necessarily much that, that people would like come to to just see me in, but you know, if you like theater and you like a good time and you're, you're in the area, you know, I'm at a lot of theaters around the island. So, you know, jump in and look in the program. And if I'm there, I'm there, you know, throwing down the beats. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Well, again, thank you for being on Create percussion podcast. Yeah, and, thanks for having me. Uh, We'll talk to you again soon. Sounds good. Thanks, just Absolutely.